Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi everyone and welcome to yet another edition of Leadership Revealed. Now in this podcast episode I'm going to be giving you my top 10 tips for negotiation because I don't know if you've heard of a guy called Chris Voss who wrote a fantastic book called Never Split the Difference and he was a, an ex or a former FBI hostage negotiator so you know he really knew his stuff and one of the things he says is life is a negotiation. You're negotiating all the times with work colleagues, with your husband or your wife or your friends, your social circles, your kids, everything. Everything is a negotiation. You don't just take it as read when you're told something or you take it as read when you're given a price. The majority of people, or certainly the people I know, are trying to negotiate on something. It might not be price, it might be the terms, but life is a negotiation and that is so, so true. So I'm going to talk about the 10 top tips that I can give you guys in a negotiation to try and make sure you come out on top be really interesting to hear if you've got any more or if you disagree. Obviously, you'd be on part of my social media network. Pop in the links below or pop in your comments. It'd be really good to get some sort of discussion started. So the first tip on negotiation is prepare, prepare, and then prepare some more. Whatever negotiation communication you go into, be prepared. And the reason for this is very, very simple because most people don't act well under pressure. Most people don't act well when things are put on them that they weren't anticipating or they weren't aware of. So by being prepared and anticipating little curveballs or, or something that's thrown far from left field, then you can negotiate from a position of strength. When you go into anything unprepared, you're not in a position of strength. And when, when we negotiate, we need to be in that position. So if you're going into something that you know what's going to happen, you're negotiating for a pay rise or for a contract or you're buying a business or you're buying something from a shop, be prepared, understand the pitfalls, understand how much you want it, understand um, you know, if he says this, you're going to say that. Just be prepared. It's as simple as that. The second thing is check your ego at the door. A lot of times when you go for big ticket items or big ticket negotiations, as I call them, a lot of people bring ego into it. I've been in negotiations where people have literally brought up their CV over the last 20 years, which has absolutely zero relevance. And it's actually a cognitive bias, it's argument from authority where just because I used to work at this position or I had this experience, that doesn't mean you're right on this occasion. That doesn't mean your point in the negotiation is correct based on your CV. Now I call that ego negotiating and there's a lot of people do it without realising they are doing it. So make sure when you walk into a negotiation you come in humble, you come in wanting to learn, wanting to listen, but obviously you come in with your side of events and your side of the negotiation. But whatever you do, check and leave your ego at the door. Third one is, listen, it's as simple as that. You've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. If you're like me, we've been in negotiations or communications with people where they're just not listening to you. You've said one thing and they've completely ignored it and continued to, to barrage their point across. And they just totally ignore the, the evidence or the facts or your point of view. And that just, it just makes that negotiation so much harder when you've got somebody who's not prepared to listen. It's very, very difficult. So try, don't you be like that. Don't you make things worse? Because when you get two people 
negotiating who, who aren't prepared to listen, then you might as well end the negotiation there and then because it's not going to go far. So you've got two ears in one mouth for a reason. Use them in that proportion. Listen twice as much as you talk. People like to hear the sound of their own voice. I'm the same. You've probably guessed it from these podcasts. I like to talk. So let people talk. Give them the space. Give them the room. Give them the silence. Just be silent. Ask a question, then shut up. And when the silence occurs, people don't like that gap. They don't like that silence. And they will more often than not, they will talk and talk and talk and talk. Now, that's like 99% of the, the population when we negotiate. You're going to get those outliers, those absolute sales legends, those, those negotiation gods, if you like. And they're not going to be bothered about that. But those are so few and far between. Be professional. Goes without reason. Absolutely obvious in my mind. But again, you'll be surprised at how many people go to negotiation and you know lose their cool. They absolutely lose it. So, you know, be as professional as you possibly can in it. It doesn't matter um, what you say that, that the other person gets offended by or they, they get a bit irate or a little bit angry. Just always stay professional. I've recently been in a negotiation when we were, were trying to acquire somebody's company. I put a, an, an offer in and he was up and down. One minute he was like, no, no, I, 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 can't, I can't accept that, blah, blah, blah. Then the next minute he was talking as if we bought the business. Then he was angry, then he was happy, then he was angry. And I just stayed professional all the way through. I understand where you're coming from. I get why you would think that. Yes, that's not a problem. So it just really, really helped by being professional because you know yourself, if you, if you argue with two, if two people argue, you're never going to solve anything. So be professional at all times. Another point is be likable. Very, very obvious, but try and find common ground. This is where the first five, ten minutes of small talk and a negotiation really comes into it. It also ties into my first suggestion, which is be prepared. So if you know this guy is a uh, football fan or he likes his rugby or he's motor racing or he comes from a certain part of the country that you know or you've got friends in common, then you can talk about that. And it's just finding that common ground and it puts them at ease. And if they're at ease, then they're more likely to tell you their true feelings or give you true information. So it's incredibly important that you try and find likeable ground. It's the know, like and trust thing. Nobody will do business with somebody that they don't know, they don't like, and they certainly don't trust. And the like is the middle of those things. I never do business with people I don't like. I just don't do it because if I don't like them, I certainly don't trust them. I think they're going to try and get one over me or screw me over in some way, shape or form. So you know, doing business with people you like is of paramount importance to myself. Read the conversation, know what to say and when to say it. All these tips, by the way, guys and gals, are very, very obvious. None of them are absolute rocket science. But when, when you write them down, when I was doing the research for this podcast and I was writing down, you know, I got up to 15, 20, then I reduced it and I try and merge a couple of them together and I came up with these top 10 tips. And if I did every single one of these top 10 tips in every single negotiation, I'm sure I'd get a lot better results than what I currently do. But the point is that we don't all all think about them at every second of every day when we're negotiating we've got to try and do it over and over and over and over and over again and then it becomes second nature it becomes habit none of these are crazy wow i didn't realize that you will know these it's just about reinforcing those habits reinforcing them remembering them and then putting them into practice on a daily basis so read the conversation what to say and when to say it you know, if some guy's in the middle of a bit of a monologue about his business, you don't interrupt him and then just lowball him the offer. That stands to stands to reason. It's pretty much common sense. So just understand, um, read the situation, 
And you'll only do this with practice. The more times you are in a negotiation, the more times or the better you will become at negotiating. Another one is have in a plan A, a plan B and a plan C. Now, you do, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make an offer there and then when he rejects you, come back with a counter offer. But what it means is, and it certainly stood myself in good stead, is that I've always got, I'll, if, I, if I get this offer, I'm absolutely delighted. If I get this offer, I'm, I'm happy. And if I get this offer, it's probably the lowest I'm potentially going to take. And it's not necessarily the price. It could be the terms as well. So I'm not going to get too much into, go too much into great detail about buying businesses or negotiating and, and, and how to structure a deal. But it could be you're acquiring a business and you want a very high figure and it's nowhere near your high figure. It's, it's much higher than what you're prepared to pay. But you say, listen, I'll pay a percentage of that and the rest I'm going to pay on the drip over a period of time. You know, you're getting what you want, I'm getting what I want. So that's that's a good way to have a second uh, option or a plan B. And it's also very good to have a plan C as well, just in case. Now, at these huge, huge, high negotiation tactics and, and, and whatnot, then you're probably going to have to have a D, E and F. But at, at our stage, and the majority of people listening into this podcast, having a plan A, B, C is more than adequate. It's more than enough. Again, if you're trying to negotiate on a house sale, you don't just put in... The first price and you say year on year you try and negotiate them down or up depending on which side of the fence you are so again that's an example of having a plan a a plan b a plan c it's actually quite a good negotiation tactic to no matter what the first offer is is to reject it so therefore you would have to have a plan b just by the very nature of having that strategy of rejecting the first offer so you can never go wrong by having a couple of plans their issues are their issues not yours now, what I mean by that is that in a lot of occasions when people you go to the negotiation table, people will justify their reason why they want a certain thing. So they might want to be selling their business or selling their property, and they might need to sell it at X because they need to pay off the mortgage. Or they may not sell it at X at Y because they've got debt in the business or, or whatever it is. The fact is, that doesn't, no matter what their reasons for selling or their justification for asking for the price, that doesn't mean it's worth that price. So just because they owe £200,000 on a mortgage doesn't mean that house is worth £201,000. It might be worth £180,000. So that's what I mean by their issues are theirs, not yours. It's the same they can turn it around and flip it around on you, but at the end of the day, you're the person that is negotiating. You're, you're hopefully coming from that position of strength. So um, don't be sucked into understanding and, and, and believing the reasons that they want to sell. Believing is a strong word. What I mean, believe the reasons, it could possibly be true. But don't be bought into it and say, all right, well, because you need X, then I'm going to pay, pay you X plus 1%. It doesn't work like that. Just have your 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 the reason why you want to buy it. Have the pricing structure or the, 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 the acquisition structure, the negotiation structure, and you stick with what you know. Their issues are theirs. Don't let it influence you in any way, shape, or form. Number nine is have your values and never, ever waver. That is crucial. That is critical because I think a person without values is not a whole person. I think by having your values and having your beliefs and, and not waving for them, it's it's saying that you're a you're a stronger person. You believe in something. You've got some sort of purpose, and that is very very true when we come to negotiating as well. Because I've been on the other side of negotiations where people have asked for brown envelopes and they've asked for this to go through the books and that not to go through the books, and one hundred percent of the time I have said I'm not going to do it. It's just not it's not how we operate. The main reason is, well, one, my values won't, um, won't allow me to do that. 
But the second thing is, is if they're prepared to do that to you at this early stage in the negotiation, what are you going to find when you've bought the business or bought the property or the opportunity that you're actually negotiating on? At this early stage, if they're prepared to do something dodgy, then you've got to be saying to yourselves, well, they've, they've only known me for five minutes. That business can't be running well. There's got to be skeletons in the closet. I bet they're hiding things, painting over cracks, literally, in the house. So when we buy it, then we find out it's got subsidence or issues or problems or whatever. So have your values and never waver for it. And the tenth one, this is the most obvious of them all, but it's the one that I believe that the majority of people don't do the most. Just ask. Literally, it's as simple as that. If you want something, just ask for it. If you want to negotiate, just ask for it. Just suggest it. Just say, right, well, how about this? I'll pay you this. Over this period of time, you'll get that much up front, that on the drip. Or how about, well, I'll buy your house for this much and I'll do this or this. Whatever it is, just ask for it because you'll never know if they would have accepted it if you don't ask. So those are the, the, my top 10 tips on negotiation. It would be great to know um, if you've got any more, if you agree with them, if you disagree with them or you, or you want to expand on them. But the point, point I'm trying to make is that if we don't have some sort of set structure on how we negotiate and we don't follow a, a set crib sheet or cheat sheet, then we're not going to be doing the, ourselves justice when it comes to negotiating for anything. So when I was sat down, like I said before, I was looking at it and I was saying, right, well, you know, I, I have these sorts of things in, in pretty much every single negotiation. When I'm trying to negotiate with my kids about something, you know, I have my values and I never wave it. And what, what I mean by that is if, if my son had turned around and said, oh, dad, do I have to tidy my bedroom? Oh, do I have to come off that? Or, oh, can I do this? Can I do that? It's like, no, son. Me and, your, me and your mother have agreed you have to do this, you've got to do that, and I'm not going to waver from it. So, by the way, I don't have a plan A, B, and C when it comes to making his tidy in his bedroom. It's he tidies it or not, but that's that's the uh, that's the exception to the rule. So, I hope you've enjoyed this on negotiation, and look forward to speaking to you next time on Leadership Revealed.